0: I'm so pumped. It's the first ever Fightful meet and greet. Listen, your boy meet and greet at the JV Theater Packed House and... Well, at least my wife came. Thanks to BlueChew.com.
1: It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. With Jimmy and Sean Sell pills for your dumb. Make a fantastic song (laughs)
2: <laughs>
0: First meet and greet in the books, Jimmy People have been asking we got, we got it One satisfied customer
2: uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: That Sean. was filmed in, in your personal movie theater, Jimmy
2: That was done in my theater, yeah And uh, I filmed it And Sean just told me off the air He said, I left in the end when you snickered Because Sean threw in that joke at the end And I was, I was just asking Sean off the air Did you plan that out? That whole little line? He's like, nope, it just kind of came to me <laughs> And he broke me up when we did it, but uh, we decided to do one take on it. So
0: I thought that worked uh, pretty well. Uh, yeah, I was pretty hesitant to let my wife be in anything on screen because, quite frankly, I see the shit that Melissa deals with yes on a regular basis. And yeah, that, that was she. She was a good sport about it, so that yeah. was fun. Um, I,
2: I actually had talked to your wife uh, when you were. I think it might have been at the ball game when you were not paying attention. And uh, and I, I asked her various questions such as, is he like this at home too?
0: <laughs> what did she say? She said,
2: did she... she said, oh yeah,
0: yeah he is. <laughs> you have no idea how many wrestling moves she has been the guinea pig on. She knows how to bump, she knows how to roll, uh-huh, she knows uh-huh. how to counter a lot of stuff because I teach her basic self-defense and kickboxing. But like, there are times when like I'm coming up with new moves that whether it be for a friend in the business or just out of curiosity and she's like oh shit she's like what kind of bump do i need to take
2: (laughs) that's
0: usually how it ends up but uh yeah that was that was fun we got some more content there some stuff that is very evergreen and i'm really excited to drop but uh we took a look at your figure collection most specific or more specifically your ljn collection yep when that gets edited that'll be up but that's that's a ways away
2: when that gets edited, I'm sending it to Zach Ryder. Uh, <laughs> and and Sean knows why I'm gonna send it to Zach Ryder. I talked to him after your interview, Sean. Oh yeah. And I'm sending I'm sending him that clip after you edit that because I disagree with you, Zach Ryder. I disagree with you, so I'll send him that and we'll uh, we'll go from there. So we're doing this on August twenty eighth today. This is Sean Ross Sapp's birthday week. It is. How old did you turn in this year? God, I'm
0: thirty-four.
2: Thirty-four this year, man. Now last year for anybody that's been a regular uh viewer of this podcast, last year I uh drummed up a nice little Shawn Michaels esque uh birthday video for Sean Rossap. Didn't do that this year because this year I greenlit budget for uh for Starcast an all out weekend. I'll take so, it. I'll take it. Yeah, that's what you get in this weekend. So Tell me about your plans. Like, what are your plans for the weekend? When are you going to Chicago? Because I forget. What day is it?
0: Tomorrow. Tomorrow. I'm leaving tomorrow. Uh, My wife's going to drive me to Lexington Airport. And I didn't realize how good of a decision that was because, Jimmy, I'm sure you don't know this. But here, Labor Day weekend in northern Kentucky, Cincinnati, is a big thing. It's like a big, big thing. Labor Day weekend, there's over 100,000 people that flock to the river. Because there's a big fireworks show every single year by WBN, which is actually the radio station in which the lunatic fringe name from Dean Ambrose came from. Oh, really? Yeah, so I get to avoid all that. I get to go to the absolute ghost town of an airport in Lexington. Instead of Ubering, I am going to rent a car. I am terrified of driving near Chicago, but I'm going to stick to Schaumburg as best I can, which is the outskirts. Um, I don't know what I'm doing Thursday. I was supposed to meet some friends that I have from college that live in Chicago, and we were supposed to hang out for my birthday that night. They kind of backed out on me, and they are like, oh, well, maybe Friday night. Well, that'll run into some of my wrestling plans later Friday, but Mm -hmm. I've got the ball-out basketball game, which also got pushed back a half an hour, so that will run into things. I know that I'm interviewing some people from Fight. I have... An interview that I don't want to put out there that I secured because, one, I don't want anybody else to snag it, but two, I don't want to get hopes up. But If it doesn't I've happen, t- yeah. Yeah, I've got about five or six names that have tentatively agreed. Uh, the AEW Access is a little bit scaled back, which bums me out. Um, they're getting more protective of their talent. There isn't as much talent at Starcast, but mm. when you look at who they have, I think that they're probably they're probably going to do a smarter, more streamlined effort with CM Punk and, and people like that. I think that's a smarter way to go. And uh, I got all out on Saturday. I'm going to be at that CM Punk thing that is a must watch for me. And then Sunday, I come back. and then Monday is my wife's birthday. Oh. Wednesday is our wedding anniversary, so oh, we've man. got my birthday, her birthday, Labor Day, AEW All Out weekend, and our anniversary all within like four or five days.
2: Wow, you're gonna have to treat her to some of those Popeyes chicken sandwiches if you can get them.
0: I'm thinking about going. I'm thinking about doing that tomorrow. Like everybody oh, keeps really? talking about it, and I'm like, if we have a Popeyes in Lexington, I might swing by there. Probably have to beat somebody's ass to get one based Apparently. on the stuff yeah. I've heard.
2: That's what I've heard, too. Man. Yeah, yeah.
0: Do you remember the A&W story that we ran where the the burgers were so good, people were lining up around while the building was on fire?
2: Yes. Yeah, that, I, I that finally, was a Canadian story, yeah.
0: So I, th- as soon as we got into Toronto this year, that was the first thing we had. We just had A&W. Even though there's one like 30 minutes from our house, Yeah, there was also one right next door to where we were. Okay. So we were like, let's go ahead and try this.
2: I'm glad you enjoyed that. So um, let's talk a little bit about the weekend. So do you think because of WWE's news about a new podcast network coming up that this is going to be the last StarCast for a while? Or do you think that because they're going to weekly TV, uh, and I don't know when the next pay-per-view is, it'll be the last StarCast for a while for that
0: reason? I think it's going to be the last listen, you boy. I think they're going to buy us up. I think you're going to work for WWE. You're going to wear a hat. It's, you it's know it. me well, Sean. You know me well, but, I would, but no. I I had told you off the air, like I one. I don't think it'll be. I, I don't think it'll be the last star cast. I think Conrad's stuff will definitely continue, considering the fact that that uh, he's got WWE personalities on his shows. Yeah. But I don't think it will be the last one. And if it, I, I think AEW will do something. I think they'll continue to do something like StarCast, even if StarCast doesn't exist, and they should. Right, right. But what do you think?
2: Um, I think that Conrad stuff is going to get watered down.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I, and, and
2: it wouldn't surprise me if this is almost intentional to a degree. If, you, if you're suddenly going to have, who knows, a dozen or more WWE personalities with podcasts, then I don't know if stuff from Pritchard and Bischoff is going to be as interesting to people as it is right now. I could be
0: wrong. It's, it's all about filtering and what people are willing to say. Right. I mean yeah. I can tell you guys if I interview somebody the first time, there's a few things I look for. Are they in character or out of character? Mm-hmm. All right. If MJF, if Matt Hardy, if Silas Young, if Mance Warner are in character, I'm okay with that because there's a good chance that whatever I get from them in character are more important or better than what I could get out of character. If it's somebody that is on a media call, and like I, I've told you about those Sammy Callahan media calls where he's in character, mm-hmm. I can't get a headline out of that. If I watch one podcast and I'm like, okay, we can get a headline out of that, okay, my interest is there personally.
2: If I'm I. Like, all right, we
0: can get stories out of it. And if people learn new things, I think that there's stuff that, that can be put out there.
2: If I'm a WWE personality that is offered a podcast. Uh, for me, the gloves are off because number one, I know they're probably not going to fire me because of the competition now in the landscape. Number two, I'm going to up my own brand. And we've seen it with guys like Xavier Woods who did up, up, down, down for fun. And it became a WWE property on their channel and everything. So if I'm offered a podcast, gloves are off. I'm doing that completely as a shoot. And that's what I would do. That's what they should.
0: And I mean, this this Wednesday night stuff is already. I mean, literally, it's expanded our roster. We've had to, I've had to add an extra podcaster. I've had to add a weekend guy. Right. And now this podcast network. I mean, let's be honest. A lot of our content comes from outside podcasts as well. Transcribing what they say and relaying it. Yeah. That could be big for content as well. And WWE knows this. Yeah, they do. I'm told by Kyler, our social media guy, Popeyes is out of chicken. Si-
2: yeah, nationwide. I, that That's the reason I mentioned it.
0: Okay. I, I mentioned I...
2: it as a joke because they ran out. There was a woman on social media, Sean, and I don't know what state she was in, but there was a note. She was in a Popeye's chicken, and there was a note on the door that said, We're out of the sandwiches. So whenever somebody was walking up to the door, she would pull out her phone and record it. Yeah. And time and time again, they would see the sign and then leave. Yeah. And she was howling, like, recording it because all they wanted was the damn sandwich.
0: I uh, You know? Now I mean I've I'm trying to get myself in better shape. I want to wrestle again, but there's nothing I love more than fried chicken. And
2: It's bad for
0: you, man. God damn, it's bad for you. It's but really bad for you. I don't you. even
2: I don't even eat it once a quarter because man, it's, it's yeah, it's not good for you. Jerry Lawler, you know that Jerry Lawler uh he blamed fried chicken for his heart attack.
0: Did you know Really? That?
2: Yes. He said he was eating fried chicken five times a week because he's, you know, in the South and everything. Yeah, And he blamed that for uh, contributing to his heart attack. Man,
0: you don't take that fish oil. You don't clear up those those arteries. Boy, Just saying. That's I'll what tell you did. what's good for you. Donating Super Chats because we will read your question or comment on the air. Uh, also, I have the Fightful Select Q&A show that drops this week. I answered five dozen questions. The Backstage Report podcast. Mr. Warren Hayes' podcast tonight. And Stephen Jensen's this weekend. But our first Super Chat Wildboy87 says, were both of your wives into wrestling before meeting you all? Mine was not at mine, all.
2: Mine was a casual fan during the Attitude Era. Okay. Uh, so she knew Stone Cold. She knew The Rock. She still loves The Rock. Follows him on social media. I wouldn't consider her even a, a wrestling fan now. She's more yeah. a casual fan. She'll sit with me on the couch when I'm watching Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. But uh, she spends as much time on her iPad as she does watching the show.
0: Uh, my so. wife loves NXT. Oh really? Like any time that NXT comes near here, she's all about going to live events. Okay, Uh, she loves watching the pay per views too. She loves watching wrestling pay per views with me.
2: I used to look at my wife as a gauge for who's uh, doing well, based on who she wanted to see. Uh, And it was always Ronda Rousey. She wanted to see Ronda Rousey's match. She wanted to see wanted to see Brock Lesnar's match. Uh, She was really into seeing Becky Lynch go for the title. Certain people that, if I know she's interested, then they must be doing well. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I, I used to think that my cousin, who was a casual fan, was a gauge, too. And then the first people that interested him on the 2K game were the Ascension. And I was like, <laughs> all right, we're done here. We're done here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. Uh, also, also, he puts over Alex way too much. Like, oh, my really? cousin, who I grew up with as a brother was like, Alex Palowski, that's my dude. I'm like, pardon me. Pardon me.
2: Awesome, awesome. Going back to All Out. Now, I don't want to get predictions on every match. You already did that. You can go on uh, Fightful.com or on our YouTube, and it's there. I want to uh, talk about the main event because I caught your predictions with uh, Alex, and you're picking Hangman Page over Jericho for the AEW title.
0: I am. I think that's the way they should go.
2: Interesting. So I'm picking Jericho. Uh The reason I'm picking Jericho is because I think so. I think that the mentality that a guy like Jericho has might not. It might not be uh, entirely accurate. And what I mean by that is I've seen Jericho do podcasts where he says that, okay, the national audience, and that's the term that he uses, the national audience, they know Jim Ross, they know Dustin Rhodes, they know Chris Jericho, they probably don't know the Young Bucks, they probably don't know Kenny Omega and and Pentagon and Phoenix, and that's what Jericho has said. The reason I question that is because I think that in this landscape, a lot of the audience is going to tune in on TNT is an online audience familiar with the product because the landscape's so different now and we used to always talk about what's WWE's bottom line when does the casual fan when are they gone from that rating and when is the rating strictly the the hardcore wrestling fan i think it's almost hard to gauge one versus the other now Uh, but given that Jericho has that mentality, that tells me Cody probably has that mentality. That tells me Tony Khan probably has that mentality for that reason. I think Jericho is going to win because they want a guy that people recognize as their champion going into the TV show. So for that reason, I think Jericho is going to win and then he'll be their champion when, uh, when they start on TNT in October,
0: September is going to be just one of the most curious months because we don't know what they're going to do. We don't know what AEW's formats going to be we don't know what nxt's format is going to be are they going to do less squash matches are they going to have to burn a lot of pay-per-view matches i mean quite frankly a lot of pay-per-view quality matches are put on nxt tv yeah but they also do a lot of matches to death on nxt takeovers so oh man i'm just like at this point i'm one i'm like man my wednesdays how how is that going to work because we've got schedule changes coming up but they've got format changes and format reveals coming up. Yep. Like if AEW truly wants to be an alternative and be different, like I wonder how different they can be and how much slack we will be able to give them or flack will be able to give them based on conventional wrestling booking versus new age convention or new age wrestling booking. And I think the hangman page thing will be big in that. Like, His reaction at All Out is very important. I
2: agree. I I, I didn't think that... uh, What was the last match that he did? uh, Was it Fighter Fest? Or Fight for the Fallen? Where uh, he almost went to the time limit draw? Was it Darby Allen? I can't remember who his opponent was, yes. but he, al- he almost went to a time limit draw, and I remember I thought that was such a mistake, that was supposed to be a showcase match before his title match. I, I think AW and again, I'm gauging this based on what I've seen in interviews from those guys, from Jericho and from Cody and from Tony Khan, I think they know what they're getting into, I think they understand that they have a roster of guys that they need to introduce to at least a percentage of the television audience. I don't think that they're going to have all national, non-hardcore you know wrestling fans tuning in. I think a lot of them are going to know the the talent. But I think they understand that they have to introduce them to a lot of these guys. What I'm really hoping that they don't do is I'm hoping that they don't do all this tongue-in-cheek cute being the elite crap. Uh, because that really annoys me. The Bucks, I, I I always think the Bucks are just being too cute with all that subtle insider stuff, and I hope we don't see a lot of that on the TV show, because I think that's going to turn off a percentage of the audience if they do Kayfabe,
0: it. Kayfabe is important to me. Uh, yes. Within the within the walls of their show.
2: Yes, yes. Now,
0: we'll have to see how that lands. The, the page match, I mean, it wasn't a draw. It was a 19-minute win, but I get what no, you mean. Nin- yeah. it, it should have been... Eight, nine minutes. Yes, that's <laughs> but, what I meant. I, it, it wasn't a drama. That's what I Yeah, I, meant. I, I agree with you. I, I'm yeah. with you there. I'm also with these people sending super chats. Tim Traver says, hey, I'm on a diet. I put baked chicken in my meals now. Stay away from junk food. Wish I was. You better believe after Chicago, I'm, I'm on that road. Uh, Deep dish I pizza, man. I, I got to try it. That's the thing. And I got to try it.
2: They're big in popcorn, too. Like They have popcorn vendors there yeah. on the street. And, and finally uh, we got
0: to try those street dogs in Toronto, the one right outside your office was great. It was good. Your recommendation,
2: yeah, yeah. A couple more things about uh, all Out I want to talk about. So, what's the latest you're hearing about Moxley? I heard that he's uh, not only is he out of the match with Omega, but he's out of Bloodsport too with Josh Barnett.
0: Yeah, uh, Fightful's Jeremy Lambert actually was able to confirm he is out of the match at uh, Bloodsport. Josh Barnett confirmed it to him. A lot of people got confused because. Barnett and Moxley were like, "Oh, it's still on," but they meant Bloodsport Three is still on. The that's still on. Moxley is out of that match. I was told that he Moxley flew to Toronto after his J- last Japan booking, and was there like towards the ass end of the Toronto week to mm-hmm. see Renee. Mm-hmm. That's that's bold, flying with that staff infection, mm-hmm. and insisted on working against Pentagon. Oh, really? After that, when he had an indie show. That stuff can kill you, man. Um, people in AEW told other people on a need-to-know basis, I think it was last Wednesday evening, that this was going down. And that's that's just a bummer, man. It's it's such a bummer, but it is a good thing they got Pac. That was a best-case scenario.
2: I agree. I agree. And now that he's not the Dreamgate champion, he'll have no problem, I don't think, putting Omega over, which has got to be the way to go yeah. on that one. But, um, yeah, that's good. Now, the other thing I've been kind of interested in from all out is the women's casino battle royal? Me too. Uh, I quite frankly did not like the concept the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't like it. To me, it was hokey. You Got five guys running out at the same time. It was kind of hokey. Then they had number twenty-one. Uh, that I don't know if they had they pre-announced that there was going to be a number twenty-one.
0: Yeah. No, um, that was that was the info that I held back last time. <laughs>
2: oh, that's right. That's <laughs> right. I, I
0: had that, and I I was specifically asked if I could take that off the record, and I was like, all right. Is the world gonna change if I report who number twenty one is when everybody already kinda knew who yeah, it was? I know. No. Like I was waiting for my interview with MJF and the news just kind of hit us. I, I don't wanna say how it hit us, mm. but I was like, okay, I'll I'll leave that one out. <laughs> like this this isn't like me report like not reporting uh Rock Lesnar failing a drug test or something like that. But,
2: I think you showed the company goodwill too by, by doing that because I'm, I'm well, sure it probably trickled up, you know?
0: Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know if it did because I think this is the first time that I revealed it was that. But Oh, really? I was like, okay. I was like what? for instance, th- there was another time I did this. When Ronda Rousey was at WrestleMania to do the spot with The Rock, I had that info very early in the day. And I was like, what good is it going to do could it, could it have gotten me some Twitter followers, especially back then? Yeah, it could have. And that would have been really cool and really nice. But what good would it have done if I tweeted like at 1 p.m. Eastern Hey, Ronda Rousey's gonna do this thing. And it wouldn't have done very good. And honestly, it would have probably made the person that told me not trust me.
2: Yeah, he could have burned a source. As
0: well. So Yeah.
2: What do you think of Tony Schiavone uh, signing a full-time deal with AEW? I dig
0: it, and it's a good move. He's he's better than people give him credit for. And here's the thing. He's better now than he was in WCW. <laughs> he he follows along. He knows a lot of these wrestlers because he's called MLW. Yeah, that's right. I like it. I like it.
2: I, so what they're saying is it's going to be him, JR, and Excalibur in the broadcast booth. Shivani is a ginormous step up from Alex Marvez. With all due respect to Alex Marvez, he was shit on commentary. Tony Shivani is a massive step up. Uh, and him and JR go way back. They used to work together, what, 30 years ago.
0: Who's doing play-by-play here? You got three play-by-play guys.
2: I would honestly have Excalibur do it. I would. Yeah. Like I, I think Excalibur's pretty good. Lose the well, fucking mask. It's stupid. Lose the mask. Go go buy a, a real name if you want to be taken seriously as a play-by-play guy. But I think Excalibur's quite good.
0: I, I think every time you complain about Excalibur's mask, we should expand the Fightful budget by another $100.
2: Oh, it's funny that you say that. So Sean was talking off the air. Oh, don't do this. Sean don't was talk- do this. Sean was talking off the air about, "Hey, guess what? Uh, payroll uh, I hit budget this time. He's forgetting the fact that he's going to Chicago
0: tomorrow,
2: meaning that the next one's going to be sky high again.
0: But whatever. What what am I what am I expensing this time? Um hotel? You getting hotel? I, I that's already been done. You took care of that. I did? That was that was done directly. I mean, it's, as still, far te- as- it's
2: still technically budget.
0: Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, whatever. But um, the thing is with Shivani is earlier this year he was telling me he wouldn't even be in MLW the rest of the year because his schedule was so slammed. Now here's here's the thing that that I wonder they they brought in Golden Boy, good, he's awesome. Stop calling
2: he, him Golden Boy. He's got to go by Alex Mendez. Go by Alex Mendez, Golden Boy.
0: Yeah, when you got that. a guy named Alex Marvez there too, let's keep Golden Boy. That works.
2: That's stupid. Uh,
0: yeah. Okay. Whatever. Um, he. Earned himself a job. That was awesome. I agree. Yep. I agree. I think they could vary it up a little bit. they got a whole lot of middle-aged white dudes in the booth <laughs> right now. They <laughs> could vary it up a little bit, get some different points of view. Uh, there are people that I think could could do well. But also I'm interested to see who the, the color commentator, like who's going to handle color, who's going to handle analysis because JR hasn't been that hot in some of those roles sometimes. like We don't need to hear him saying, Sunday Kiss has an alternative lifestyle. I don't need to. hear that. <laughs> I don't got to hear that all the time, uh, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, the Casino Battle Royal you mentioned. Interested in that? Don't like the concept though. I don't like five, it either. Five people out at once is a production nightmare.
2: It's goofy. It's just goofy. Yeah. And and I didn't. And I understand what they're doing. They want their own signature match. They want their Royal Rumble. But I think the Casino Battle Royal is not it. So I I think they should go back to the drawing
0: board. Something else. Wildboy87 with the super chat says, which which eventual heel turn will be more significant, MJF on Cody or Luchasaurus on Jungle Boy? As big of a star as I think MJF is, and check out my new feature. It's under the exclusives tab. 3,000 words of what it's like to interview MJF. Uh, Check that out. One of my favorite stories ever. Everybody already knows that MJF is a miraculous piece of shit. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's not going to be a surprise when it happens.
2: Not only that, but a, a heel turn works best when it's on a white meat baby face, as the term goes. And Jungle Boy is the prototype for a white meat baby face. So Luchasaurus will absolutely uh, get a bigger reaction than M.G.F. Like you said, M.G.F.,
0: everybody's going to see it and coming. He could be a big nasty heel, too. SRS, oh, uh, he'd be great. He'd be great. Rob Wilkins says, SRS, what did you think of uh, Chappelle show, Jimmy? What would be better for wrestling world? Uh, WWE and New Japan relationship, or AEW and New Japan relationship. Uh, Rob, if you're talking about the Chappelle stand-up, I love it. I cannot stand when everybody gets upset over everything. And I think that Dave Chappelle's stand-up was a pretty good indication of comedy, entertainment. People maybe shouldn't be afraid of some of the things they say. And him showing that all these groups that were perceived to have been attacked – can come together and laugh at comedy too. But that's for each person to decipher. Jimmy, what, what do you think is better, WWE in New Japan or AEW in New Japan? It's
2: got to be AEW in New Japan because WWE, uh, if they were to bring in any New Japan talent, they're going to want to put their guys over them. Yep. Uh, whereas I think AEW would be much uh, much more unselfish in, uh, in making sure that they can showcase everybody. WWE, I just don't see it. I think mm-hmm. NXT in New Japan could be interesting. I think Hunter would be much more open-minded, but if it's Vince McMahon, he would bring in a guy like Okada, and he'd be putting him over, he'd be putting, I don't know, Ali over him in a mid-card match, because Vince just doesn't, he doesn't really know.
0: Yeah, Um, and and it helps the balance of power, I think, a little bit. Right, right. But you mentioned Triple H. Uh, I'm hoping Brady has the Drew McIntyre clip to queue up. Do you, Brady? (laughs) I do. Okay, I interviewed Drew McIntyre. Take a listen and a look. (laughs) What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Fightful.com
1: here with Drew McIntyre. Drew, how you doing? Oh, I'm fantastic. I'm in mean, Toronto. This place is uh, wild, for one. But it's also, you know, Canada. Canada love the wrestling. The fans, they like, know what they're talking about when I've been hanging around. Uh, you've been back in WWE for
0: quite a while. You, you made that entrance into WWE and were kind of crowned the chosen one. Looking back, you think that was a gift, a curse? How, how do you look back on that experience of Vince McMahon coming out there and straight up saying, this is the
1: guy? Yeah, I mean, I don't regret anything. You know, he's uh, never uh, introduced anybody that way and I assume never will again. So that's just part of my history. Um, I think no matter what, things wouldn't have necessarily worked out for me the way they are now because I wasn't ready for it. So uh, the way I look at it is when I get the opportunity and when the time is right and the right story, that moment and that run is going to be a significant part of uh, the growth of my character but first i need that kick-ass run. yeah you you had
0: like a lot of experience outside of wwe you were doing a lot of different things you were in evolve you were in tna you really have you really changed and evolved yourself no pun intended uh what like at what point did that switch that flips that switch flip for you and say i'm gonna make some changes i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna come back in a different way
1: Uh, When I got fired (laughs) that day, Uh, I got the phone call, I was a little surprised, I think the person on the phone, I was a little surprised, the fans were a little surprised, but to be honest, there was no way I could logically transition into anything serious, and I don't think it would have panned out if I did, I think I had to go away, Um, apply the lessons I learned outside of the non-stop WWE environment uh, because this place never stops and we're always creating content it's very difficult to reinvent yourself you know, within this world if people know you a certain way so the way I looked at it is I got the call by the time my girlfriend and my wife got home I'd already made the plan I was going back to Scotland to get my mission statement I was going to show the world who I really was and what I could really do and uh, you know, thankfully things worked out people gave me a platform to show who I was and uh, started as I'm going to return to the company, no matter what. I was a more polished performer. And by the time I was building companies around the world, um, I really considered, like, I probably will never go back to WWE. You know, I'm making a difference. The name the WWE name sells the product, like Drew Galloway, know, Drew McIntyre, but my real name's Galloway. It's what was making a difference to all these companies around the world. And do I really want to go back when I'm making such a difference? And it wasn't until my TNA contract lapsed, my wife and I had to decide our next move, that um, I was thinking I was going to go to New Japan probably because I really want to go there and really want to work there. Uh, that I got a call from uh, William Regal, who's a bit of a mentor of mine, who told me we take a call with Triple H. We spoke and decided the next move was uh, WWE and NXT in particular. I
0: love the story on Table for Three about how you developed the Claymore almost by accident. So when that happens and it was a bit of an accident, does like how do you refine something like that that
1: wasn't supposed to happen? Uh, I mean, for one, I had to get those pants loosened so it didn't <laughs> happen again. And for those who don't know, I ran for a big boot. When I mean, you run and kick someone in the head, the pants were too tight. Uh, I was worried about the crotch splitting, so I kicked my other leg up and landed in the back of my head, but I also kicked right back in the face at the same time and was told afterwards when I regained consciousness, uh, wow, that kick looked pretty uh, cool if there's any way to do it safely. So I washed it back and then worked on it and finally figured out a safe, effective way to do the kick, which became the claymore. <laughs> Drew, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to, st- to speak with me. I appreciate it. We're out.
0: We have a ton of interviews just that are, that have been released. Uh, Braun Strowman, Becky Lynch, Kofi Kingston, Ali. We got a ton more coming, uh, including next week. We have an in-studio interview with NWA World Women's Champion Allison K. She explains why she. Kicked the Sienna name to the curb, how she got into NWA, some of the misconceptions about why her match with jazz fell out, uh, the upcoming tapings, her Mae Young classic uh, run, lots of great stuff there. Jimmy, I loved those in-studio interviews. And she loved those, your mask. I mean, that all of she them She loved were good. it. We, we did four in-studio interviews. We did Sebastian Swab, who was on WWE TV the next week. Uh, we And his was much more subdued and serious and, More like, hey, this is how the landscape of independent wrestling is based on all this TV. We did RJ City, which was just a riot to watch.
2: Kevin Nash's favorite wrestler.
0: Kevin Nash's favorite wrestler. Uh, Allison Kaye, which was a little mix of both. And Jordan Grace, which was really, really fun. Those will be released uh, uh, when they need to be, but... I was really digging that Jimmy. Like this, they everybody loved the studio setup. Yep. I love that they they all walked by your super quiet developers and <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. that are that are watching a an absolute brick shit house in Jordan Grace walking through, knowing <laughs> that she could power bomb any developer. Say goodbye or through the window it was
3: like, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: and, and it, was, it was awesome that was the first time I got to sit down and interview people and I, l- I like that way more than the traditional methods
2: yes yes awesome so I heard uh, today we're doing this on August 28th I heard that CM Punk's been uh, working out in a wrestling ring ahead of StarCast what's the word on that
0: uh, he filmed a little skit for StarCast and he was like joking about how it hurt to hit the ropes and to sit on the ropes and all that stuff and also joke that everybody pulls out a star cast, but he's not going to do that. It was a skit. It's, uh, it's, that's it's all it was.
2: Not, uh, okay, yeah. okay. But I I'll tell know you what's not
0: it. a skit. Gregory Carter, too, says, SRS, why didn't you roll up Truth? There wasn't a ref there. Uh, Dan Caponia says, hey, guys, do you think AEW will continue acknowledging and taking digs at WWE and storylines once they hit TNT? Yes. I, I do, but I think it'll – here's what I think. I think they should reference WWE historically but shouldn't take shots at it.
2: So here's, here's my take, and this is one of the few things that I agree with Vince Russo on, because uh, Vince Russo used to always talk about this. My opinion has always been when you are number one, you do not acknowledge number two. When you yes. are number two, you go hard at number one. Now, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think that AEW should be constantly going at WWE because I think that's going to lead people to WWE to see how they respond. Yeah. But I think that doing the subtle stuff, like the Cody thrown sledgehammer, I think doing subtle stuff is is good. WWE is best to just not even acknowledge AEW, yes. make like they don't even exist on television. But AEW, I think, should absolutely take subtle digs at WWE.
0: I, I think that, like, say... When John Moxley is wrestling, you say former WWE champion. You say stuff like that. If you got a former WrestleMania headliner mentioned, hey, this guy headlined WrestleMania. I'm okay with that. Um, if you're trying to build up somebody's accolades, sure. If you're saying, oh, he's been everywhere: New Japan, WWE, Impact. You can you can kind of do that. I, I'm I mean they can do what they want, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm open to that.
2: Let's talk about the uh, WWE's Who Done It. Sean, oh,
0: God, you know damn. something Makes
2: I always, me so mad, Jimmy. <laughs> I always like a good cliffhanger, especially in pro wrestling, Sean.
0: Wish they'd push this fucking angle off a cliff.
2: Yeah, this one in on, on the SmackDown brand has fallen off the rails. Uh, and if we go back and kind of look back at it. So you had the car spot, Sean, where the cameras clearly picked up the car that, that hit Roman Reigns. Uh, unfortunately, I think they had a technical glitch where they couldn't get the car out of there fast enough kind of thing. So they clearly got that on camera, so that kind of fucked the whole thing up. Then they did the Yukon Cornelius thing, which uh, was really dumb, and it didn't really go anywhere. To make matters worse, and here, here's, here's where I'm, I'm going to end my little, uh, my little thing here by asking you about Bischoff's involvement and, and if he's involved, because part of it is it just feels like there's no planning. So it looked to me like Daniel Bryan was going to be the antagonist, right? And they were going to do Roman Bryan. And there was all kinds of rumors that it was going to be Roman Bryan at SummerSlam, uh, which they then didn't do. So Bryan and Roman is supposed to be the the feud, and Bryan is supposed to be the antagonist. Then Bryan loses clean to Buddy Murphy on SmackDown. When that happened, I thought, last week on this podcast, I said, well, that's stupid, because even though I respect the fact they're putting over a guy like Buddy Murphy, and even though you know that Brian is very unselfish and has no problem doing that, that kind of throws a wrench into the whole Brian Roman idea. You, last week on this podcast, said they should have Buddy be the guy all along. And I said, Sean, that's brilliant, because if they do that, Buddy beat Brian, so, so he's got himself like, at a good level. Plus, he had a really competitive match with Roman. So that would make sense. What did they do this week? Buddy lost clean to Ali in the King of the Ring tournament. So when they did that, I thought, now I'm real confused because it still looks like Brian's the antagonist, but he lost to Buddy Murphy who lost to Ali. So as a wrestling fan, why do you give a shit about seeing Roman and Brian now after that, now the only thing I can here, here here's an idea that I have the way out of this for WWE, because I feel like WWE's booking this by the seat of their pants week to week. here's the way out of it, and people have suggested this. Luke Harper is the guy, okay? Luke Harper is the guy. He forms a trio with Brian and Rowan, right? Roman then counters them by forming a trio with Ollie and Buddy Murphy. Yeah, that's the way out of it. Because if you do it like that, you can forget about the fact that Ollie beat Buddy because now they're on the same level. They could play up on television that Buddy beat Brian in a match. Yeah. So you can kind of undo your shitty booking by doing it like that. I don't think that's what they're going to do. Uh, but to me, that makes sense. What are your thoughts on this? Because again, as a wrestling fan, why do I care about Brian versus Roman? Now that Brian has been made to look like an idiot and a loser, why do I care to see that matchup? Like, where do you think they're going?
0: Literally, everybody has been made to look dumber or yeah. worse in this situation from from night one when all the stupid camera angles happened. Dumb. Yeah. Even. G- even uh, Kayla was made to look worse. With,
3: oh, my God, Roman, what? Eh?
0: <laughs> Your producers were made to look worse because the, a shitty job was done.
2: And I thought Alex made a good point last week. So after they did the reveal, so after they pulled off the, the, the mask to show Yukon Cornelius, Alex, I thought, made a good point because he said, what happened next? Did Roman just like go like this and leave the room? You know what I mean? Because they went off the air like that. And then when they came back this week, it was completely – they just left for the day. They so, flew home.
0: They spent their, their their two, three days at home. If, if you're Reigns, why are you not asking, hey, WWE, company that pays me, how did you get this footage of a car running into me from the angle of the car? Where did this camera come from? Right. Do we have any additional info on this? It's never been referenced. Right. So Roman looks dumber. Yeah, everybody does. Buddy everybody Murphy does. at least got on TV, yeah. but as a result, he is now 1-2 and two and has had his ass kicked an additional two times. Buddy Murphy now 1-4 in fights since he's made <laughs> it to TV. Daniel Bryan looks dumb because yeah. he's slapping Rowan who looks like the guy on the screen when they did the reveal, but so does the guy you brought last week.
2: Yeah. And then not only that, but then Brian strolls to the ring just to get taken out by Roman who's basically in there waiting for him and then as soon as Roman drops him, they just play Roman's music and that's the end of the segment? You know what I mean? Like the whole thing. So this brings me to this point. So we've talked before about how AEW versus WWE, this is good for the business and how there's a lot of anti-WWE people that for some reason want them to fail and there's a lot of anti-AEW people that for some reason want them to fail and how I think this war is good for the business because in theory, it should make the product better because it should incent Vince McMahon, and it should incent the writers to do a better job. I feel like on on Raw, we've seen that. I feel like Raw has been noticeably better. It's not a home run every week, but it's been noticeably better. SmackDown, especially in terms of storyline, has been trash, and so what are you hearing? No
0: direction at all.
2: So what are you hearing? Is Eric Bischoff involved? Because... No?
0: (sighs) Nothing. Nothing yet. Um, Kyler brings up a great point. This angle should have happened last week, and the big reveal... Should have happened this week. You see footage of a guy who looks like Rowan. Daniel Bryan snaps and slaps him, and then last or ne- this week he brings the the UConn Cornelius looking son of a bitch out or yeah. whatever. Oh uh, yeah, but you're still not going anywhere with that because that guy's not even a wrestler. You know sure, what I mean? Like, sure, you're, still- you're probably not. I'm just saying, how do you make a shitty angle less shitty? And The thing is, WWE has conditioned fans to not expect long-term storyline telling for so long that that we get one. Yeah. And it's complete trash. Yeah. And it sucks, and it makes everybody look stupid. But people are like, be patient, be patient. Oh, be – why? Why? This is – it is objectively stupid. It does not make sense.
2: No, I mean, again, if if, uh – like I said, I think if they make Luke Harper the guy forms a trio, Roman buddy Ali, they can salvage it, but I, I don't have confidence that they're going to go in that direction you know? I don't either. Like I, don't I, either. I could see I could see it just end up being Brian, and then if it ends up being Brian, now what? Well, you're just going to do a match now,
0: you know what I mean? This, like this type of thing needs to be to develop a new star. it, has to, it needs to make a new star, or, or, something or to like,
2: bring back a guy like Harper.
0: But it doesn't help that it has been completely fumbled and just garbage. Just garbage. Um, it should be to bring back Harper. Then you could do the Daniel Bryan, Rowan, Harper thing. You have another trio. Uh, as Alex said, oh, who who's helping Roman Reigns? The Usos. There you got another trio. You go to a trios-based gimmick. Oh, my God. I'm just so over this. And I... I'm over the apologizing. I'm over the apologists that are just so conditioned to just accept any morsel from WWE. No, this is a bad storyline, and this I'm going to say it's. I'm going to say it's bad. Yeah. Do I like that they're that they're at least doing a five, six, seven, eight week storyline? Yeah, I dig that. Alexa Bliss and Nikki. Wondering if they were going to turn on each other was a better storyline than this, without a doubt. Yeah, it's been And then has had, had a better payoff. Yeah. My God.
2: Yeah, we'll see where they go going next week, but yeah, it's been bad. It's been bad. Pissing All right. me the hell off. Perfect segue. Let's go to stupid people. Sean, i got to tell you, this is going to be one of the best SRS files that we've ever had on this podcast. So uh, let's get to this first one. This was sent in by Mark Francis, and it was reported everywhere uh, on August 27. What are the three places that I always say crazy shit seems to happen, Sean?
0: Florida. Um. God, what country is it? China and India. There you go. Well, Costco...
2: Opened up their first store in Shanghai yesterday, August 27. And uh, how do you think it was received, Sean? Let's see.
0: Overpopulation plus uh, overstocked materials. Uh, I think there's probably a rampage.
2: There was such mass hysteria that they had to close the store after five hours on the first day. We have this little video. Uh, this is courtesy of Crystal Hugh at Reed. Crystal Hugh on Twitter, and we can talk over this. So put that up, Brady, and you and I are going to talk over it. There mm. were three-hour waits. Look at the. Oh, it's all stretched out, so it's hard to see. That's people like trying to scramble in when they open up the doors. Look at people like scurrying in. This is just getting past security. It's almost like they had cops there for this. Oh my look god! Look at look at this. Look at people fighting. Look at this man. I wish this wasn't stretched out, but whatever. Obscene. Look at that's meat, Sean. That's raw meat. Damn. They had three-hour ways for parking. There were traffic jams, as we just saw. There were fights over raw meat. Shanghai was not ready for bulk goods, Sean. Not ready for bulk goods. Evidently not. No. It was crazy. They were fighting over, like, eel. You know, like, like
0: raw eel and stuff like yeah. that.
2: It, it was insane.
0: Reminds me of when I broke down all the Black Friday fights. I, I'm bringing that back. That was so, and fun. somebody
2: said that to me. They said it reminded, reminded him of a, of a Black Friday situation, except maybe he just turned up a notch. You know? Yeah. Man, this that's next pesky. one. This was reported by KTVK, CBS 5 out of Phoenix, Arizona, on August 21. This is good. So there's a man named Lamont Payne, and he was standing trial using a public defender. Uh, he repeatedly was interrupting the proceedings of the trial. And then this happened. This one has sound. We have a clip. Go ahead and play it, Brady.
0: Presumption of innocence. Look
3: for the record that no one
0: is raising Also, some
3: may think that just because and of... My lawyer ain't going to speak up. It's just, plain and simple. Sir? You asked him a question just a minute ago about... Sir? Him ...being biased. Sir, you if are if wrong I'm wrong a convict, I want to testify uh, by myself. He won't gonna speak up. Really. He's gonna have a time to I've call. been giving him questions. He won't speak up. Sir? Okay. That's because
0: it's not his turn you're to ask questions.
3: The appropriate time will happen at the appropriate time. If you continue to have outbursts I'm gonna have to remove you from the Now it's appropriate time. This I keep telling you he's a
1: problem. Deputy, please remove.
2: (laughs) Punched him in the face. How did he think that
0: that was the...
2: He go, Well, it gets better, it gets better. Oh, I'm So sure. the, uh, the public attorney's name is Vladimir Gagik or Gagic. Uh He's going to file uh, assault charges. He reportedly oh. already has filed assault charges. Now, Mr. Lamont Payne, why do you think he was on trial in the first place?
0: Attacking someone, for sure, assault. In uh,
2: 2016, he was at the county jail, and he allegedly, allegedly bit a corrections officer on the ankle.
0: person I grew up with did that. He bit a corrections not,
2: officer on the ankle.
0: Not on the ankle, uh, like on the arm or something. He was an idiot. Like, I personally fought this guy multiple times. Wow. But uh, he got caught stealing. He brought wire cutters to a cell phone store and cut the, cut the tethers off. And when a cop found him and tackled him, he bit the cop. Bit the cop. Yeah.
2: Okay, this is for the SRS file. It was reported by the Canadian Press on August 27. So for anybody that might be new to this podcast, last May, I introduced Sean Ross Sapp to his doppelganger. We've got a clip. Play the clip, uh, Brady. I discovered that Sean Ross Sapp has a doppelganger. I discovered that Sean Rossap has a third cousin. And can you believe, Sean, that the name of this town, and this is real, look this up the name of this town is Dildo, Newfoundland. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes sense because of the SRS file. It makes perfect sense, right? Sean Ross Sapp has a doppelganger. It's a third cousin living in Dildo, Newfoundland. And I decided to dig into my pocket, Sean. And I decided to bring this doppelganger up to Toronto, Canada from Dildo, Newfoundland. And I want to introduce to everybody right now, this is Jacob Sapp. Hit the music, Nigel. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You can't What's see. We got to cut his window. Getting now. Sean Ross Sapp, your boy, this not overrated. The dumbest at thing I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life.
2: <laughs>
0: I, I do not miss those days when we weren't live for like three months. Well,
2: there's a reason why I'm telling the story about Jacob Sapp from Dildo Newfoundland. So that was this past May that I did that. Uh, there is a possibility, Sean that somebody with the Jimmy Kimmel show is a fan of the Listen to Your Boy podcast oh, because boy. because Jimmy Kimmel uh, did some segments earlier this month in Dildo Newfoundland where he w- did this thing where he was claiming he was going to run for mayor, and they actually put up a sign, a Hollywood-esque sign, in Dildo Newfoundland. And we have a picture of it. Put up the picture. Look at that. They put that up in there, Sean. Oh, my God. That's kind of
0: amazing. Now, you That's
2: know, not... the town has existed for at least 300 years. Uh, but a few months after we introduced Jacob Sav from Dildo, Jimmy Kimmel is doing segments in Dildo, Newfoundland. It gets better on the heels of Kimmel stuff in Dildo, Newfoundland. Uh, it has now been reported that YouPorn.com has offered the town of Dildo $100,000 worth of free ad space on their homepage to grow the town's tourism. Oh,
0: boy. Wait, think of that, man? Do you think they're going to lean into it? Like, I mean...
2: You mean, like, do you think Dilla's gonna go for it? Is that what you mean? Yeah. No.
0: I don't think so either, and Jimmy... You don't want that perception, I don't think. We joke a lot about dicks on this show. We joke a lot about hard dicks on this show. And Brady, don't put up the graphic this time. I don't (laughs) want the graphic up. No graphic. Please. I have understood that as great as Blue Chew is, it could ruin lives, Jimmy. You know, I talk about discreet, right? Uh huh. About how Blue Chew ships to you in a discreet package and you get it for free when you use Fightful. I've talked to you about how it's got the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. But chewable. Gets in your system faster. You don't have to wait in line at the doctors. It's prescribed online. All that stuff. But here's the thing, Jimmy. Discretion isn't always a good thing. Because I, I've... I've also mentioned sometimes your mailman likes to fuck, right? You've mentioned it. I've mentioned it. But, like, what happens when the mailman that brings you blue chew is like, damn, what's up with that? And you go, oh, well, it's blue chew. That's how I'm giving it to you. And he goes, oh, I've heard. And you're like, whoa, 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 wait a second. You've been going through my mail? You had to have went through my mail because it came in a discreet package you wouldn't have known otherwise. And the mailman is like, what are you talking about? What is this? What are we even? We haven't even defined our relationship and you're accusing me of going through your mail. Well, the mailman's going to be like, no, 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 no. I've just heard about how great Blue Chew is. I just heard that it gets you dig hard. And I assumed. And... You're going to be like – you're going to get defensive maybe, maybe, and say, what, you, you think I've got a problem, and your mailman will say, well, listen, I know that you don't have to have a problem to use blue chew, but, man, this fucking has been real good. So well, I just assumed it was because of blue chew. I heard the word around the town. Well, then you're going to be like, word around the town? Have you been talking about me? Have you been getting a bunch of other hard dicks thanks to blue chew? Code Fightful? And then it's like you and the mailman. You and the mailman. You've not defined what you are. It's just the mailman coming over, banging, right? So you think, is it serious? Is it casual? Has your mailman been banging everybody else? Has he been giving everybody else that special delivery? That first-class... I don't know. I don't know, but it can... Bad things could happen, but I don't think they will. This is an incredibly hypothetical situation, Jimmy. But just because the mailman's leaving it by your back door, thanks to bluechew.com, code FIGHTFUL, get that first shipment free, like, the thing is, don't hurt people's feelings. Don't, Don't let an emotional situation get too emotional, Jimmy. You have to set boundaries in this life. You know what I'm saying? Like, it does come to your house completely discreetly. And I'm pretty sure that your mailman isn't going through your mail. But here's the thing, Jimmy. You can't just get a new mailman. You can't go to USPS and be like, hey, listen, been banging the mailman. Can you send a different one on my route? It's not easy. They, like, drive Uh, from their passenger side that's a skill that's not easy to do jimmy usps isn't just handing out european cars to people to make it easier for them they got one foot on the gas across one foot on their side of things and just man it's just there's a lot going on here jimmy there's a lot going on here be forward with your mailman. Hey, oh. maybe you should tell the mailman ahead of time. God blue chew. It, it would avoid all this.
2: So, Helena Estelle is on October 6th from the Golden One Center in Sacramento, California. Golden One Center's Twitter posted this uh, on August twenty-seven. You got that screenshot there, uh, Brady? says, get ready, WWE fans. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, challenges Seth Rollins or Braun Strowman to a Hell in a Cell match. Um, do you think that that, you know, they always seem to change these things, doesn't necessarily mean anything? Do you think that they're ready to pull the trigger that quickly on a title match for Bray Wyatt when he has only had, as The Fiend, one match so far
0: against uh, Finn Balor at SummerSlam? They shouldn't. I agree. They shouldn't, but... Bray and Braun have been talking about it on social media, so
2: I also think that doing a hell in a cell match means that Bray is gonna have to sell too much as the fiend.
0: Yes. I I don't think he should have anything but squashes for a while. I agree. And I agree. squashes against established talent. I not, agree. Not like jobbers, like people that are going away for a while, have him squash them. I, I agree. don't need to see him selling for a long time. Then when the time is right, you pull the trigger. I agree.
2: I think it would be a mistake, and uh, hopefully it's going to change, but they put up that graphic. Like you said, Braun and and Rollins have responded to it. I don't know. I guess we're going to have to see. Uh, I want to move on and talk about a very polarizing character in Sasha Banks.
0: Is it your mailman? I thought you were going to say your mailman.
2: (laughs) Uh, No. So last October, she did an interview with Sky Sports, uh, and she made this very uh, famous, if not infamous quote. Put up that little clip.
0: Of Sasha Banks.
1: I know um, watching a documentary you were in, you said when you
0: were 10 years old, you knew you wanted to be the best women's wrestler there ever was. Do you
3: think a woman can be the best wrestler, period? I'm living proof. I am. I'm the greatest women's wrestler this company's ever seen. And it's going to take someone with a lot of hard work, a lot of des- dedication, passion to beat me. It's period.
2: So you, uh, you heard her Raw promo, Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, it, it felt like she had a little bit of liberty with that one. It didn't feel like the whole thing was scripted for her. It was bad. Um, now, granted, she's good in the ring and I respect her confidence. And I know she's a polarizing figure because she does have a lot of people behind her. I don't even consider her top five all time. I wouldn't even put her in the top five. And as a matter of fact, I, I did a very quick list. I put this together in five seconds because I didn't have a lot of time to really think about it. But like Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Tessa Blanchard, Trish Stratus, Sherry Martel, Medusa Michelli, all of them I would rank above Sasha Banks. I would even consider Bailey putting her above Sasha Banks. She's not even top five all time. Uh and
0: I don't like think I Medusa said, ever had a better promo than Sasha Banks. Than no, Medusa's but I, I'm but, bad. You,
2: but when you talk about just all around performer as an all around performer i'd put medusa ahead of, of sasha banks any uh, week i
0: i think medusa's i think sasha's better than medusa i really do really oh yeah like i mean i liked medusa i thought medusa was good oh i like medusa too yeah. but like i i just think that sasha's better i do i mean well subjective i guess yeah yeah, I just uh, when I when I think of Medusa's promos, honestly, some of her recent ones stick with me, and they have been real bad. Okay, but now she's like, you know. But I mean, she was ne- she wasn't ever cutting promos back in the day either. Like, no, it was a, well, it was yeah, she, a little bit. I mean, she she did
2: some stuff in the AWA. She did some stuff in WCW yeah. where she and, where I mean, she was called upon.
0: As far as her being a decorated, more decorated wrestler, yeah, I mean, she won the WWF Women's Championship, AWA. She won a title in WCW, the IC or the Cruiserweight title. I mean, I, I could see the argument, but I think that just, I think Sasha Banks in the ropes, my God, I think Sasha Banks is as good of, a, of an in-ring uh, wrestler as any other woman in North America.
2: Oh, she, no, she's good in the ring. There's no question she's good in the ring, but would I consider her the greatest ever? No. Like I said, not even top five for me. What do you think?
0: Uh, maybe bordering, because I mean, like, who, who else am I going to put in the top five?
2: It's Charlotte for Charlotte, sure, Becky,
0: Charlotte, Becky,
2: Tessa, Tessa's probably already Tess. good. Yeah,
0: I'd, I'd for sure put her top. Trish five Stratus
2: there. for sure.
0: Yeah, I'd probably put her top five.
2: Sherry Martell for sure has got to be up there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, what else should I talk about? You know, what's funny. I was telling Sean before he went on the air that I didn't have <laughs> a lot of time to put together content this week, so I told him I'm going to run out of stuff quick. And then, as always, we go on, you know, tangents. And Sean went on about Bluetooth for 27 minutes, and oh, so come now. On. I-
0: well, now it's six fifty nine. So.
2: So now we find ourselves. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put over Impact Wrestling okay. because they're my whipping boys a lot. I'm going to put over Impact Wrestling because. Uh, PW Insider uh, broke the story that Impact is now paying for talent hotels while on the road. Yes. Started with the recent Mexico tapings. Uh, You got to remember, this is a company that is barely profitable. They're making nothing on the U.S. television. They're making nothing on Twitch. They're making very little online. Their India television deal is essentially keeping them afloat. And yet they're paying uh, talent hotels. And I know people are going to say, well, yeah, but they only do, you know, a taping a month or whatever the case may be. WWE does shows every week. WWE's got a better roster. WWE is also making half a billion dollars a year in mm-hmm. rights fees. Uh, so they damn well can afford to pay their talent hotel. And we, as we've talked about, if they want to keep their talent happy, especially with this new money kicking in in the fall, pay for their hotel pay for their rental cars, give them a per diem for food, and take away one live event a week. You do those things, you're going to make everybody happy without having to pad everybody's salary like they've been doubling everybody's new deal, Sean. Yeah. You make those changes, you don't have to double everybody's deal. Everybody will be content.
0: So. Look, look at you. You paid for my hotels, and now you don't have to double my deals when, when the Wednesday Night War starts. My God. My God. That's all it took all it took. All it takes for you guys is to leave a thumbs up here, subscribe. It helps out a lot. But hey, join our new Facebook group. We've got a Facebook discussion group, which is a little bit different than our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash groups slash Fightful. You can find it all over the place. We'll have a link on Fightful eventually, but uh, that's a great, easy way to share our stuff. And of course, we have Fightful Select. We've got multiple channels. We have so many different platforms where you can follow our stuff. Uh, go show us some love. It helps out a lot. What else you got, Jim?
2: Actually, speaking of FIFA Select, uh, anybody listening to this who is a FIFO Select subscriber, I would like you to leave a comment either in the live chat or on the YouTube comments. We've been talking about ways to change some of the content on Fightful Select, one idea that Sean has was that instead of me doing Stupid People Extended, which is extra stupid people stories for Fightful Select, that we do something else. One idea that I have, Sean, because I, I have do... have an idea, too. Okay, well, I'll tell you mine right now. You can tell me yours <laughs> if you want. Because I typically have extra content on the list that I don't get to every week, uh, how about we talk about that extra content on Fightful Select after, I like uh, that
0: after listening to your boy? I like that. I also have... I I know you're not a big NBA on TNT guy, No, but I am. And Shaq and Charles Barkley uh, and and the panel play a game called Who He Play For, where they have Charles Barkley try to guess what team an NBA player plays for. I want to do that with rosters in uh, pro wrestling, like guys from NXT UK, and have Jimmy guess who they wrestle for.
2: Good chance I'm not going to know a lot of them.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but here's the thing. I don't want him to just guess. I want him to tell me why he thinks they wrestle for a certain brand. What giveaway? Is it that they're just a bearded white European guy? Yeah. Well, they're probably in the UK. So uh, maybe we can do who he wrestle for or who she wrestle for. All right. But, well,
2: people leave leave comments in the live chat and on YouTube and let us know what you think.
0: Guys, leave us a thumbs up. We're out. Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcasts, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling.